Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main, and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 528, to be exact. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. That is me, because I'm just an everyday guy. Not ex-law enforcement or military, just an everyday dude that takes his Second Amendment rights very seriously. So this episode, I am going to talk about the SIG P320 X-Compact that I've had a chance to test out. I'm also going to talk about the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution, continuing with my series on the Bill of Rights. I'm covering the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments of the United States Constitution. The reason I'm doing this is because we got an election coming up very soon, and I think it's important for you to know what is at stake. And this entire Bill of Rights and, and a lot of the Constitution is at stake. It really is. Uh, we all know about the First Amendment. Of course, the Second Amendment we all know about. And, you know, the, the Fifth Amendment and some of the more popular ones that get debated a lot. But a lot of this you might not know. And I don't know if you ever read the Constitution of the United States. But if you've never read the Constitution of the United States and you're an American citizen, you really need to read it. And uh, you really need to pay attention to what's in there. So I'll be talking about that as well as the uh, Six Hour P320 X Compact, which I'm fairly impressed with. Just a quick reminder, this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters, my favorite holsters on the planet. I love using the Cobra outside the waistband for almost all of my carry guns, my Glocks, M&Ps, my, uh, my Six Hour P365, uh, Smith and Wesson Shield. They're just they're great holsters. Concealmentsolutions.com. They make carrying outside the waistband as easy and as comfortable, even more comfortable and concealable as inside the waistband. And the holsters also give you the ability to to draw your gun very quickly, which is a very important skill. I would hope you'd agree with me on that. So check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. You get a 10% discount because you are a Handgun World podcast listener. Just use the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD at checkout. Okay, so time to talk about the Sig Sauer P320 X Compact. Uh, with a Wilson Combat Grip Module, by the way. I'm going to be talking about that. So this gun I did not buy. It's on loan to me. Many thanks to the person who uh, let me borrow this gun. They know who they are. I very, very much appreciate them doing that. So here's what I've had a chance to do. I've had a chance to use this gun for about half of a day of instruction uh, teaching, excuse me, uh, when I taught Beyond Concealed Carry with Ben Branham about a month ago here in, in, in San Antonio, I used this uh, P320X Compact for about a half of a day and uh, ran a lot of rounds through it at the class. Then uh, I had a chance to go to the square range and shoot it for a while, uh, about another 100 rounds at the square range. Then I shot... Uh, about 50 rounds of competition during a competition match uh, just yesterday, this past Saturday, at AASA Competition, American Action Shooting Association 
competition here in San Antonio. And uh, so I've, I've, I've tested this pretty well. And I've also been been spending some uh, time, uh, quite a bit of time dry firing it. And it's a pretty cool gun. I'm going to talk about some of the things I love and some of the things I don't like. Now, this has a Wilson Combat Grip Module. And I think that if you're going to own a gun like this, a SIG P320X, I think it's a wise investment to spend the, the $25 and get the Wilson Combat Grip Module. Their, their, their texturing is fantastic. The magazine release button is awesome. Uh, and, you know, it's it's the same, the, it keeps the grip the same contour and the same shape and footprint and everything as the SIG P320 uh, Compact. Uh, it's just a very, very good add-on. Um, they're about 65 bucks, I think, and Osage County Guns has them in stock right now, by the way. Um, I think the Wilson Combat page is out of them right now, out of stock, but... If I were to buy this gun, I would definitely buy the Wilson Combat Grip Module. And that's one of the really cool things about the SIG 320 line of guns, is the ability to just buy an inexpensive grip module and change your gun, pretty much. I mean, it's kind of cool. And if you buy a grip module, you don't like it, you take it off, put the factory one back on, or put something different on, and, you know, put your put the one you don't like, sell it. Sell it off to somebody that might like it. That That is a really cool thing. It's... Um, you know, there, there are no other handguns out there that I know of that you can, where you can do that because the way SIG makes these 320s is basically the fire control group is the part that has the serial number on it. And so that's actually considered legally the gun. Everything else is not really considered the gun. So the lower and the upper are just parts and the fire control group has the the serial number on it. So I, I think that's a that was a very very smart thing for Sig to do, uh, even with the small guns, the P365 and the 365XL, same thing. I was watching a video on how to change out the grip modules, and so I think I think I'll probably be buying a 365XL pretty soon. And uh, what's really cool is if you want to just try a different way, make your gun, make your 365XL a little bit different, you can buy a 365 grip module. It means you're shortening the grip for easier concealed carry. Or you can go the other way. If you own a 365, you can buy a 365XL grip module, and you can make the grip larger on your small 365. So I really, really like that about SIG semi-automatic pistols. They're striker-fired guns. The front slide serrations, if you use those, they're very good on the SIG P320 X-Compact. The uh, magazine release, excellent on this uh, Wilson Combat grip module. The, the slide release, excellent. Easy to reach. Don't have to change your grip. Easy to send the slide forward and send it home. Uh, just it makes it makes gun handling very nice. You, you this thing also has it's very well set up for somebody that has smaller hands. A lot of people say they can't shoot Glocks because Glocks don't fit their hand, don't like the grip angle. Well, I'll talk a little bit about that. You know, I don't I don't buy into all of that, but I can understand Glocks not fitting some people's hands and not feeling comfortable. So if comfort of feel is important to you, then something like a Sig P320X 
Compact's probably a good gun for you. The trigger reach, the length of pull. Not too many people talk about trigger reach, and they should. You know, I mean, people talk about it on shotguns, and, you know, you should talk, all, talk about it also on, on handguns. The length of pull. Uh, first of all, it's got a nice flat trigger that comes stock out of the box with the gun. The trigger is a very good, well-done, flat trigger, wide. It's wide and it's flat. Uh, I think that gives you more leverage. I just do. I like flat triggers. I think they give you more leverage than a, uh, than a more curved trigger. When you're pressing the trigger, it feels like it's a lighter trigger, even though it's really not. It feels like it is because you got more leverage. And so the trigger reach is shorter than on most guns. At least it feels that way to me. That's one thing I like about my M&P, my M&P 2.0. My M&P 2.0 that I've kept as a stock gun, I've not changed it one bit. It's just like it is when it came out of the box. It's got a pretty short trigger reach that I like. It's kind of nice. Of course, I have long fingers and everything, so that's why I can shoot Glocks pretty well uh, because I got you know relatively medium to medium large hands and long fingers, and so the trigger reach is never a problem with me. I don't buy into the grip angle argument either way. I don't buy into the fact that Glocks have a bad grip angle and you can't shoot them because of the grip angle, and I also don't buy into the fact that a SIG does... You can't shoot a SIG well because of the high bore axis. Some people say, oh, the high bore axis is no good. I, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Because I've been able to shoot this gun pretty well, even though it's got a high bore axis. If you, if you are gripping the gun properly, you're, you're going to be able to control the recoil. If you don't know how to do that, get some good training from, from an instructor, and they will, they will teach you how to do that. Speaking of some good training... Uh, ben Branham and I, we're, we're, it's coming up on about three weeks from now. We're going to be teaching in Dallas, Beyond Concealed Carry, Enhanced, two-day class. There's still some spots left. Come train. Very few classes give you two instructors for the price of one. We do. And November 14th and 15th in the Dallas area down in Waxahachie, Texas. And it's it's going to be a great class. Two days. Come train with us. We would love to have you there. We will transform your shooting skills. And even if you're a relatively new shooter, don't worry about it. We've had a lot of new shooters come through our classes. We will transform your shooting skills. On my Facebook page, just search Beyond Concealed Carry on there, and you'll see what some of the students have been recently saying. You can find information on how to sign up at handgunworld.com in the menu on my page, handgunworld.com. You'll find the Beyond Concealed Carry Enhanced class November 14th and 15th. Hope to see you there. And we're going to be in Houston in January. And I'm working on some other cities in the United States. I'm working on them right now. If you want us to travel to your city and you want to host a class, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll send you back an email or a phone call and I'll explain to you what's necessary to host a class for us. It's not that difficult. There's a, there's a great payoff and uh, it's, it's a great value to be able to do that. Uh, we, we do have to have a certain amount of people sign up for the class to make it worthwhile for us to travel. But it's not that difficult. We'll get into it with you. So let us know if you want to host Bob Main and Ben Branham coming to your city to teach Beyond Concealed Carry Enhanced. Hurry up and get signed up for Dallas before time runs out. So I really like what Wilson Combat has done with this grip module. Now I also, I shot this gun, or I shot not this one, but one very similar to it that did not have the Wilson Combat grip module. Uh, just the standard grip module that 
that SIG provides with the gun, and uh, we're still very impressed. And well, let's see, what else can I, what else are the good things that I can say about this? It's an ambidextrous gun, it's got the slide release on both sides of the frame, which I like. You can switch the mag release button, and it's a uh, it's a well-designed gun. It's it's small enough to conceal carry pretty easily. Uh, I don't I don't see too many people having a problem conceal carrying the 320X compact. Sure, the 365 series if you like six sig guns, uh, or the 365s are a lot smaller. But if you want something with good capacity, 15-round magazines, so you got a 16-round gun just like carrying a Glock 19 or a MMP 2.0 compact or many of the others out there. It's it's good for that. So you could use this. This thing could double as a home defense gun uh, and a concealed carry gun, a do-everything pretty much gun. So check out my YouTube channel. I've got a complete review, including shooting at the range. Go to Handgun World on YouTube. Check out my latest upload, which is the P320X Compact review uh, and out at the range and everything. I think you'd like that. So I'll put a link in the show notes for the YouTube channel as well and for the specific video that I'm talking about. So the negatives. The only negative that I can come up with is the red dot optic. This has the SIG Romeo red dot and I don't know which model this is. It doesn't say. It doesn't say whether it's Romeo 1 or Romeo 1 Pro or Romeo whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't say on here. I'm not impressed with the optic. Uh, I'm just not. I could not get it zeroed. I can't get the dot to stay where I put it. You know, I got it almost zeroed, and then after firing 20 or 25 rounds or so, then the dot started moving all over in the screen. I don't like that. When I adjust the red dot and I put the red dot in a certain spot, I want it to stay there. Now, I don't know if that's a an overall problem with the Sig Romeo Red dots? I don't know. Somebody tell me. If you if you got more experience with the SIG red dots, let me know. Or maybe it's just this specific RDS, red dot site. Maybe it's just this specific model or this, this actual one that has a problem. Maybe it needs to go back to SIG under warranty or whatever. I don't know. I And it seems very simplistic red dot, but it's shooting all over the place. I just, you know, I mean, I just cannot get it zeroed and then it doesn't I really don't like the backup iron sight system uh, you know we got what, what's going on here is the uh, the red dot has the backup rear sight built into it I'm not crazy about that I would rather have suppressor height backup sights and uh, that way I got a real good co-witness and uh, and you know if you if you got them mounted properly and zeroed, then you know if your dot's moving all over the place, if it malfunctions, if it shuts off, whatever, you just go to using your um, your regular sights because you can easily see them through the glass. So I really don't like this red dot. I I can't rule out that it's user error, but I don't think so because it's pretty simple. I just think that this gun this this red dot sight has an issue. And uh, so I'm going to talk to its owner and I'm going to suggest that he send it back to SIG for evaluation. Um, let's see, what else can I say about this? 
I guess I could put a different red dot on this if I owned this gun, get some different adapter plates and maybe put a different model. I think you can also put the loophole delta point on here uh, on these uh, on these SIGs. You can use the SIG red dots or the loophole delta point. And I, you could probably, if I wanted to put an, M an, an RMR on here, I could probably do that just by simply getting the right kind of adapter plate. But I'm not sure how the backup rear sights would work if I did that. So I don't know how they would go on here. I don't quite know enough about that yet. Some of you have some information on that. Uh, call in a voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. Let me know about the uh, red dots. That's, that's one thing on SIG guns that I'm not crazy about is they seem to be mostly set up for Sig Sauer red dots and I'm just not sold yet on the quality of the Sig red dots uh, now I could be wrong I'm open-minded so if there's somebody from Sig that wants to chime in or somebody that's real knowledgeable about them you want to chime in send me an email handgunworld at gmail.com handgunworld at gmail.com voicemail me 210-646-1727 and uh, let me know. I'd like to hear about it. So if I were to buy the 320X Compact today, I think I would run it as an iron sight gun at first. and uh, Or maybe try a different, a different red dot. Or just get maybe a different model from SIG or something like that. that that's what I would do if, this was, if I was buying this gun today. I need to talk a little bit more about the trigger. It's got a fantastic trigger on it. I mean, it's, I mean, this is just a tr terrific trigger. Very little take-up. A very good break. Uh, no trigger creep. It doesn't seem to be too spongy at all. Almost no over-travel, at least the one that I'm shooting, or the one that I've been dry-firing and shooting lately. Uh, just a very, very nice trigger. Uh, if, you ha if you own this gun, if you own a C SIG 320X Compact, uh, and you cannot shoot it well, you can't blame the trigger. Yeah, I mean, you just absolutely cannot blame the trigger. There's no reasons, no way you could get away with that. You, you got to blame yourself if you can't shoot this gun well because the trigger is outstanding. Uh, I, I, I really believe that. Um, and I compare it, you know, I compare it to a Glock and an M&P and several other guns that I've shot out there. And I think the 320X compact trigger is excellent. If you do shoot it as an iron sight gun, you got the green X-ray front sight, which is excellent. You can you can see that sight in any lighting condition, and you got good iron sights on this pistol. So out of the box, it comes with a great set of sights, which is always a plus. You don't have to spend a hundred bucks or so to change them out. So let's put it this way: if you can't shoot well with a Sig Sauer 320X compact, you can't blame the gun. All right, you can't blame the gun. Trigger's great, sights are great, and it's just, you know, the ergonomics is fantastic. It fits on nearly anybody's hand. Um, you, can, you can get a great grip on the pistol. You can't blame the gun. Yeah, they even put a little bit of texturing on the thumb pads, or the thumb rests is what a lot of people call it. When you have a... Uh, when you have a, a good grip on the pistol, your thumbs rest on the side of the frame. And they've got some good texturing there as well. That helps 
it just helps in controllability of the gun it's got a nice rail on it so you can put almost any kind of accessory that you wish you can't blame the gun if you can't shoot with this gun and most of the time you can't blame the gun anyway I don't care what you're shooting I mean even if you're shooting some kind of a gun that's a, a lower tiered firearm it's hard to buy a, a bad gun these days it really is I don't think it, it's difficult to buy a, a, a terrible gun these days and uh, most guns most guns will shoot better than than their users can shoot most of them will shoot better than their users can shoot it all comes down to what is it that the user can do but sig makes it even even easier with their 320x compact the last thing i'll say about it is a really nice trigger undercut and uh, an actual very slight finger groove which is well placed and I don't think it would irritate anybody's hands people have complained about the finger grooves on Glocks for years uh, they never bother me I can you know the finger grooves on a Glock are just fine for me on a third gen for example or on a fourth gen but yes some people it doesn't it bothers their hands and so they end up taking the finger grooves off and uh, whatever but SIG has done it very well with this gun. So overall, I would give this gun an 8 out of 10. And it probably would have gotten an 8.5 or a 9 if I could get the optic to work right. So, Alright, anyway, any comments on the SIG uh, 320X Compact, just let me know. Once again, the voicemail number 210-646-1727. And email address handgunworld at gmail.com. So next, a little bit about the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution, part of the Bill of Rights, and then I'm gonna, I got a little bit more gun stuff that I want to talk to you about towards the end of uh, this episode. But the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution says, Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. So basically, the, uh, the Eighth Amendment of the United States, the, the purpose of it, is to protect the individual from excessive bails, excessive bail or fines, and to protect against cruel and unusual punishments. Prohibits the federal government from imposing excessive fines and uh, prohibits the federal government from imposing cr uh, punishments just not consistent with the crime and that are not cruel and unusual. And that's important, folks. That, that, that's important. You know, a lot of other countries out there, uh, they are, they're, it's, it's horrific if, if you're convicted of a crime in many other countries in the world. You, they don't have an Eighth Amendment. You, they, they can use cruel and unusual punishment and often do. Uh, and, it's, and it's a terrible thing. And it's, it, it causes people to suffer more than they should. So, you know, we don't have that here. In the United States, it's one of the things that makes us such a great country. So remember that when you go to vote. Remember that when you go to vote very soon. Coming up, these are all things that we need to protect. We need to protect the American way of life. We need to protect our government, protect our Constitution, because it's like no other, and it gives people the protections like nowhere else in the United States. So there's the Eighth Amendment. Next week, the Ninth Amendment. And uh, two days before Election Day, I'll be covering... The Tenth Amendment, which I think is one of the most important of the Bill of Rights. And uh, you're going to see why. You know, coming up on Election Day, 
A lot of people think we have a national election. And we really technically don't have a national election. We have 50 separate state elections. That's, that's how we do it here in the United States. The states are pretty autonomous. You know, if you're listening to me from another country and I have a significant amount of international listeners, a shout out to my international listeners. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Handgun World podcast here in the United States. Great, the great state of Texas, San Antonio, Texas, to be exact. You're listening to a Yankee with a gun. I was born in New York City and raised in Wisconsin, so I'm a Yankee. But I moved down here to the great state of Texas in 1993 and pretty much have called it, mostly have called it home since 1993. But we have 50 different state elections. And believe it or not, each state runs the election a little bit different. Uh, we now have early voting we've had for, for many, many years. But in each state, the early voting is a little bit different. The times, the times are a little bit different in how you can vote is different. Each state makes their own rules on basically on how their elections are conducted. And then once all 50 separate elections are done, we do it all in one day or technically on one day, although we got early voting going on. So it's not even really on one day anymore. Before early voting, election day used to be one day. And it was usually early in November on a Tuesday. Uh, but now it's not just one day anymore. But the interesting thing is that we, we pretty much all count the votes on the same day. All states count the votes on November 3rd. But, you know, there could be challenges in each state, as we saw back in 2000. Um, the state of Florida was kind of conducting their counting of the results differently than a lot of other states. And it was a whole mess that had to be settled by the United States Supreme Court. But once Election Day is over, then each of the 50 states have to certify their state election. They have to certify it. The Secretary of State of that state has to certify the election. Once that is certified, then on December 14th, the electors of the Electoral College actually are the ones that cast the vote for President of the United States. So that's what happens, is the electors, the, the electors, they call it the Electoral College, they go to vote according to the way that their state voted. And by the way, each, every state has, is a little bit, or actually some of them are different on how they allocate those electors, you know, based on how the state vote turned out. So, you know, that's interesting too. So if you really study it, you find out that that in the United States of America, we have these very autonomous states that should be more autonomous than they actually are now. I believe the federal government has grabbed way too much power in the last few decades. And I, that's why the Tenth Amendment is so important. Um, I'll give you a little glimpse about the Tenth Amendment. Basically, the Tenth Amendment preserves states' rights. The Tenth Amendment says basically whatever is not in the Constitution, whatever is not... Um, pertaining to the federal government is left up to the states. Whatever's not pertaining to the federal government in this constitution is left up to the states. So basically the states get to decide a lot and they're supposed to de decide a lot without much interference from the federal government at all. And that's pretty much what the, um, what the 10th Amendment's all about. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. But I'll be covering that a little bit more when I do the analysis of the 10th Amendment two days before United States Election Day. 
And since this is a gun podcast, you know, each state, they interpret the Second Amendment a little differently. And that's a problem. That's a problem, a, a real problem, because some states in America restrict our federal Second Amendment more so than they should. Uh, and that's a problem that we have. So, you know, the Second Amendment of the Bill of Rights applies to everybody. And, you know, these, these, these constitutional amendments, these federal constitutional amendments that we have apply to everybody. But sometimes states try to take those rights away from us. And that's, that's when a battle ensues. So more on that later. Getting back to SIG guns for a minute. So you heard that, uh, you know, I, I, I'll give this gun, I'll give the 320X Compact, I'll give it a rating of 8 out of 10. Uh, nice gun. I don't think that I'm going to go spend my money, my own money, to go buy a 320X Compact because I don't see that it gives me significant advantages over my Glock 19s or my MMP 2.0 9mm Compact. I just don't see the... The advantage to drop the extra money to do it. What I would rather do is spend the money on getting something like a, a P365 XL. I really like my P365 and the P365 XL I've had a chance to test as well and uh, to me that would offer more benefits. In fact I would take the 365 XL over a Glock 43 and maybe even over a Glock 43X. Okay, so that, I like SIG's smaller guns. I really like their P365 series. I really do now. Now, when they first came out, nope, didn't like them. You guys know I, I talked about that, made a couple videos about it, and explained why I didn't like them. Now that enough time has gone by and enough, SIG's had enough chance to work out the issues, the 365 series, especially the XL, makes a lot of sense um, and uh, so I may be investing in that. We'll see. Depends on how many of you sign up for my class <laughs> that we're teaching or join the Shooters Club, you know, or, or become a Patreon on my Patreon page, depending on how much support I get, you know, because uh, I only have one sponsor, folks, one sponsor, that's it. My show is supported 90% by you, the generous listeners, and I need more, please. I need more. Uh, become a member of the Shooters Club. It's only $8 a month. Or $75 a year. $8 a month or $75 a year. Ben Branham and I have made over 85 videos. And there's about a dozen audio podcasts as well. Uh, interviews with lots of different people. Spencer Keepers, Brent Yamamoto, Masada Yub, John Payne. They've all been contributors uh, to the Shooters Club. And also, of course, Ben Branham and I. we got a lot of videos on there. Instructional videos. So help us out. It supports both of us. And uh, if you do your Amazon shopping on my Handgun World Amazon store, it helps me out. So you can go to Handgun World, find that. If you come to my class, the classes that Ben Branham and I teach, that really helps us out a lot. It takes a lot of time and hard work to do these shows, folks. And if you like it, if we help you in any way, please consider supporting us. Um, it's a... Uh, it's a job. It's it, it, you know I've been doing this now for a little over eleven years, five hundred and twenty-eight episodes. Put the stuff out there for free. Put myself out there for free, and uh, I don't mind it. I like it. I enjoy it. As long as I got listeners and I have support, I'm going to keep doing it. But I really could use some support from you. And even as as little as three dollars a month, you could be a Patreon member. I got some videos and uh, 
in a short article that I've written on my Patreon page called uh, Because I Can't Carry a Cop. That's that's an article that I've got written that I'm going to be writing some more uh, before the end of the year. And I'm going to continue to extend that and probably write about another five to seven different articles that Patreon members can access. And there's eight videos on there. You can become a member of that for as little as $3 a month. So you can find all this at handgunworld.com in the show notes or in the mem- in the menu. Please help me out. I'd very much appreciate that. So I want to finish this episode by talking about some modern survivalism. Some no tinfoil hat, doing what you can with what you have wherever you are and how to become a little bit better survivalist. And I want to talk about minimalism. Uh, I, I really espouse the, um, the concept of of minimalism, uh, doing more with less, not getting over extravagant and, and uh, not getting carried away with uh, material objects mostly. I'm a minimalist. Even when it comes to my firearms, I'm a minimalist. That's one of the things that attracts me to Glocks and M&Ps. They're kind of minimalist guns. They have enough of what you need but not too much and they don't have a bunch of stuff that you don't need on them. That's why it's even hard for me to transition, fully transition to red dot sights. Because I'm a minimalist and I've become so good at shooting iron sights, open sights. But not just guns in your life, you know. You, don't, you, don't, you probably don't need as many clothes as you have. Now, if you have the money and, and you want to have a bunch of clothes, that's fine. But assess what, assess what brings you happiness what brings you joy what gives you a sense of what what helps you out okay if if having all those clothes if there's some way that it brings you joy fine but what most people find is their their bills that they have from buying all those clothes is a uh, pretty sky high i'm a i'm a big time uh, thrift store uh, shopper my wife actually is she's the one that's an incredible shopper at uh, thrift stores and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I like wearing clothes that she gets from thrift stores that other people didn't want. And uh, great deals, you know. $30 sh- uh, shirts for 5 bucks, $50 shirts for $12. Uh, and it's good quality stuff, you know. So, you know, think about that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, you don't have to ever tell anybody, oh, you know what, this is a thrift store shirt. You don't have to mention that. But what can you do uh, with less? You know, how many TVs are really practical to have in your house? You know, is a new car really, really a necessity, or can you just will your older car get you from point A to point B? And you know, you may you may be thinking you're impressing a lot of people with a nice fancy new car, but you're probably not impressing as many people as you think you're impressing a lot of people you don't know that are never going to know you that you're never going to meet and maybe they don't even like you anyway as Dave Ramsey says but you're impressing them but you're impressing them at the uh, at the expense of a $551 car payment for example uh, which I think that's about the average now or maybe I got that a little wrong maybe it's $531 it's the average car payment in the United States right now so, you know, is that something that's necessary? Be a minimalist. Uh, wh- where you probably don't want to be a minimalist is you don't want to be a minimalist preparing for your future. Uh, and that could be a number of different things. That could be um, 
Food storage, don't be a minimalist when you store food. Uh, don't take that approach. Store lots of food. Don't be a minimalist when it comes to acquiring skills and tools. Have as many skills and tools as you can get uh, because you might need them. Don't be a minimalist in, in storing water. Don't be a minimalist in the skills that you learn. See, don't, don't cheat yourself on skills. Whenever you have an opportunity to learn a new skill and to learn it at a relatively low price, take advantage of that. You are the greatest investment you have. A lot of people don't realize that. I, I've, been, I've been teaching that and selling that since I was 25 years old. That you're the greatest investment that you have. You will pay yourself over many years, you'll pay yourself more than any other investment can pay you. I'm serious. Think about how much money you earn in a lifetime. Most people don't have investments that pay them a lifetime of earnings. Think about that. Most people, some do, but most don't have investments that pay them a lifetime of earnings, but your skills, that's a form of modern survivalism learning skills. Your skills can pay off for a lifetime. They can pay you for a lifetime and pay your family for a lifetime. So there's some things you don't want to be a minimalist in and some things that you do. And when it comes when it comes to things that don't pay you back, become a minimalist. And I guess that's the main message I've got for you in today's episode. That's the primary survivalism message I have. When it comes to something that does not pay you back, be a minimalist. When it comes to something that does pay you back, don't be a minimalist. Okay? A new car is not going to pay you back. A new car is going to lose 60% of its value probably in five to seven years. Okay? How many of you would, would buy an investment that's guaranteed to lose 60% of its value in seven years. Would you do that? If, I'm, if, I'm, if I come to you and say, hey, guess what? I have for you a great investment, and, and I want you to join it with me. And I promise that if you put ten grand into this investment, it's only going to be worth about 4000 in seven years. Would you do that? Heck no, right? Well, that's what you do when you buy a new car. You pay $35,000 for something that's probably only going to be worth 16000 or even 14000 in seven years. Okay, so how about being a minimalist in something that does not pay you back, something that costs you, something that's a liability. But don't be a minimalist. Be a maximalist in something that makes you money, a new skill more education. Well, to an extent. More education does not always make you more money. You got to be careful with that. But some edu some education does make you more money. Investments, generally, if you do it right, they make you more money. I'm not talking about foolish ventures in the stock market being a day trader or anything like that. Some people pull that off. But if you're making smart investments and you're using a smart investment broker, maximum those things. Maximum as much as you can to uh, what you can afford. Don't be a minimalist on that. Real estate. Okay, real estate. I mean, some people try to be a minimalist on real estate if you can. Some people are, are way too, they're house poor. They're house poor. 
right? They've spent way too much money on the place that they live in. Or they've purchased a bunch of other properties, rental properties that they can't afford. And they think they're going to make a fortune off of it. Now, some people do. Some people do if that's their full-time business. If it's your full-time business, you've studied it. Maybe you've got some mentors that taught you some things. Maybe you went to school for it, so on and so forth. And you've really educated yourself on it. You can make a pretty good living uh, in real estate. But I'm talking about the house you live in, the place you live in. Have you become a minimalist on that or a maximalist? You know, one thing I like about Dave Ramsey, he says, you know, your house payment should be 25% or less of your take-home pay. 25% or less of your take-home pay. So if your take-home pay is $5,000, 25% of $5,000, $1,250. That should be your house payment, okay? And ideally, we all want to get to a, a paid-off house eventually. So think about that. Um you know, become a minimalist in in the kind of stuff that costs you money. Now, some people might say, well, Bob, real estate doesn't cost you money. Yeah, it sort of does at first. Uh, if your home goes up in value, of course, like mine has, I have an equity position in my house. So it's on paper, it's made me some money, only on paper. I don't have the money in my pocket right now that my house has made me. I don't have that money. I will one day when I sell the house, but only on paper it's made me money. Otherwise, it costs me money. So do you have a house that costs you the least amount of money that you can get away with and still you know, feel pretty comfortable? And does it serve you and serve your family well? You'd be surprised what little you can do with, especially when it comes to a place where you live, if you have to. I just believe that we got some some more tough times coming ahead once once we're behind this this covid crisis and we may never get completely behind the covid crisis do you realize that we may never get completely behind it and i'm not saying that that covid-19 is going to be sticking around as a virus for forever but i'm saying the crisis that we have caused ourselves or the the crisis that the virus has caused ourselves that that doesn't have much to do with the virus the impact on people's lives and the economy and things it, it could all be with us for quite some time so i think you got to prepare for that that that's all i'm saying so with that uh think about are you becoming a, a a minimalist or a maximalist and does it make sense or not that that's something that you need to think about i i'm becoming a minimalist on more things than i ever thought that i would be uh, and i'm maxing out what is going to pay the biggest dividends for me in the future. So that gives you some things to think about. And with that, I think it's a good stopping point. Um, folks, thanks for tuning in. I hope you got some information about the SIG P320X Compact and about the Eighth Amendment of the United States Constitution and uh, becoming a minimalist, more of a minimalist anyway. Once again, if you got any questions or anything, please contact me. Something you want to discuss or a topic that you want to bring up, that you want me to bring up on this show, uh, that's perfectly okay with me because I am a very open-minded guy to most of it. I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Remember, folks, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women women. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week.
Goodbye.